I trust that you know what comes before these verses. But this is the section that I was interested in coming into Philippians. I really wanted to know how Apostle Paul survived his imprisonment. Likewise, we've been, past few years, we've been in such a situation as a church of Christ, confined by the pandemic and the subsequent events that we are going through. And I think it will be good for us to listen to God's word. So let me read these three verses, but I am going to speak on verse 12 and 13. Now I want you to know, brothers, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my chains in Christ have become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else, and that most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord because of my chains, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Amen. Let me ask this question to you. He says, my circumstances, which is what? He's in chains. He's in the prison. He says, My circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. And my immediate question was, oftentimes, we say, well, it is God. God. Everything is about God. That's true. But I want to ask, this question, what do you think stands in between his circumstance and the greater progress of the gospel? What stands in between? What makes that difficult situation, hopeless situation, into that greater progress of the gospel? Once again, ultimately it is God. But the answer is, it is Paul. It somehow depends on Paul, the apostle. Even when we read our own confession, the eternal decree of God, God from all eternity did by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass. But it does not stop there. No, but the second half of that great confession says there is no violence done to the second causes. So we want to uphold both things. It is God. But it is God walking through Paul. There is something about Paul that teaches us when he was in that prison that dire circumstances when it passes through that when it passed through Paul, somehow it turns out into a greater progress of the gospel. So here's an intake pipe 
the circumstance. It comes in. There is that great box, Paul. So when that is fed through Paul, when he goes through that box, out comes the greater blessings of the gospel. So the question is, if God puts you in that box, what goes in, will it come out for the better of the kingdom of God is the question. If God puts you in that box, like Paul, Paul says, I want you to know what happened to me turned out to be for the greater progress of the gospel. Can you say that along with Paul if you are in that situation? So what we need to do is to consider Paul and learn from him what's going on in his mind and how does he deal with the situation because all of us in our lives we are going through some kind of box. We may not be imprisoned. But if I ask you, all of you, one by one, how's your life? All of you could tell me, I am in such and such box. No matter the age. I thought when I was young, going to college, everything was going to be great. And everything was going to be all right. But every year, whatever the stage in your life, you could be young child, teens, preparing for college, in college, after college, young single, married, married with children, getting older, whatever situation and age, whatever who you are, or whoever you are, all of us, it seems like all of us are going through some kind of box. We are, we are in a box all the time. So the question is, how can I be used by God? To say with Paul, whatever happened to me, turned out by the grace of God working through me, for when it comes out, it, it just makes the kingdom of God greater, expand. So what does he have? I want to consider three things. His perspective, his expectation, and his action. Perspective is really everything. Everyone in your situation, the way you look at the box that you are in, your perspective will determine your response to that situation. So it is very important that you have a right perspective. Whatever, whatever situation it is. What is his situation? He's in chains, in jail. Verse 13 talks about Praetorian Guard. Praetorian Guard is a special force guarding Caesar, bodyguards about 9,000 soldiers at the time. They deposed and they made kings, Caesars. Very powerful group, elite group. They assassinated Caligula. They put Claudius on the throne. And later, they will guide Nero, who is in charge right now, in Apostle Paul's time, in this, at this time. So when that palace guard, that special force guy who is guarding Apostle Paul, what's his perspective on Paul? What does he see? He sees an old Jewish man. That's all he sees. And he's in chains. We don't know which kind, whether he was tied to the wall or with the people. People say 
many different things, but we don't know. So when that palace guard sees Paul, he is seeing an, an old Jewish man in chain. So he's thinking, whose chain is that? It is Caesar's chain. Caesar is curious for them. So his life, this old man's life, depends on whose will? Caesar's will. He appealed to Caesar, that's why he's here, imperial guard. And depending on, you see in the movies, when Caesar turns his finger like this, either you die or you live. What is Paul to Caesar? Nobody. You think Caesar has time to think about and hear the case for Paul? Paul is absolutely nobody in this place. But that's what the imperial guard is seeing. Old man, Jewish man, in chains by the will of Caesar. If he sets him free, he goes home. If he says this, he probably will die. We don't know. It takes a long time. He is the absolute. Caesar is absolute. He controls everything, the fate of this old man. The question is then, what is Paul's perspective on Paul? What do you think he is seeing in this place? Don't say God. It is God. But if you look carefully, there is one clue that got me thinking. Verse 13. Could you look at that verse? What does it say in verse 13? There's a little word that should catch your eyes. And it tells us what kind of perspective he had on that situation and on himself. That is, in Christ. So that my chains in Christ will consider that. That's his perspective. In Christ and Christo. And as you know, in Christ tells us his, his way of seeing things in union with Christ. That little word, en Christo, is a big thing in Paul's theology. What we call union with Christ theology. So, in that little word, my chains in Christ and also in could explain the cause. I am in chains because of Christ or for Christ's sake. For his cause, I am in chains. And the reason became well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard. And to everyone he says. So what's his perspective? Caesar has no perspective, probably. Praetorian Guards, they, he's an old man. But when he sees his own chains, he says, My chains in Christ. If you are tied to a chain, the chain will not let you remain neutral. Imagine if you are truly, literally tied to something or someone because you preach the gospel. Either that literal chain will make you grow in Christ or it will break you. Physical pain, hunger aside, hopelessness. You don't know when you are going to be tried. You are just waiting to be tried. No end in sight. Hopeless. So in that, at that time, what Paul is saying to the Philippians is, so then my chains 
in Christ. His perspective is that it is in Christ. Philippians 3.10 later, he says, My life's aim is this. I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship or the participation of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. He says, that's my aim. My aim is to know Christ. But as I've been saying, to know Christ is to know also his sufferings. So he is in chains in Christ. But for him, it is a normal thing. It is anticipated by him. Why? Because to know him, he says, I need to know him. I need to participate in his sufferings. So in that in Christ word, we learn that to be in union with Christ is to suffer in Christ. Important thing is, he's looking at his chains, and he's not thinking, oh, this is a strange thing. I don't know why I am in chains. Rather, he's saying, he's saying, I know I am participating in his death and resurrection. That's how I know Christ. Is not an abnormal thing. It is not a betrayal by my Lord. But it is something all believers should expect. When you look at your chains, when you are in that box, what is your aim and how you see that box or chain will determine your response to that. What that means is, if this chain is used by God to promote his knowledge of God in Christ, then he must value his chains as evidence of his union with Christ. That's his perspective. How do I know? Because that's what he says. I'm in chains, but not for my criminal activity. But in Christ, in that simple word, he is saying a lot. So while the guards are not seeing anything, Paul is saying, I am in chains in Christ. But more importantly, this union theology is not simply theology. Something to debate about, something to talk about. I am in union with Christ and move on. If you are truly in union with Christ, if you are truly united with Christ, Logically speaking, what else is he seeing in his chains? Emmanuel God. That's what he's seeing. I'm in Christ. My chains in Christ tells me. I am not somehow theologically in Christ, but spiritually, mystically, I am united to my risen Savior, Jesus Christ, So in my prison cell, when I'm looking at my chains, what am I seeing? I am seeing by faith, risen and reigning Christ in my tiny cell. That's his perspective. That's his source of his strength and his perseverance and joy. If you hear from someone, from the preacher, the Philippians is about joy. Paul is in jail and he's joyful, so you better be joyful. You are missing the whole point. 
Your situation is better than Paul's situation, so I better be joyful. No, unless you get his source of his joy, spreading of the gospel gives him the joy. That's his strength. And he is not feeling betrayed by God or Christ, but rather he is glad that he's in chains for Christ in Christ. And more than anything, He's enjoying the presence of his Savior. So, first section, what determines your perspective is the question. If you could be honest, most of the times, what determines your perspective is your circumstance. What happens to you? Good things happen to you, you are happy. Bad things happen to you, you are unhappy. Worst things happen to you, you feel betrayed by God. Everything is determined by how you see the things and seeing the visible things only. That, that's not good. Events. You look at the world news and that just basically determines you. News, party, your affiliation of the party in this nation. Persons that you follow. Uncertainty. You see, when you think about it, most of the people have the perspective set by something other than Christ. Something other than that union theology in Christ. Then what sets in is basically fear, anger, confusion, hopelessness, and you will react to your situation and people around you with that attitude. Why? It's because you are missing the point we are not talking about missionaries and, and, and evangelists right now. All of you, all of you, whatever situation, if you confess my chief aim is to glorify God, then I hope you see that you are in Christ. You don't have to see the chains to remind yourself of that fact. But only in Christ theology and worldview will both give you a perspective and reality. For example, positive thinking will not save you because it's, it's groundless. Just be positive. It's unrealistic. Future promises alone will not save you because it is not yet. What saves you, what gives you the strength is union theology. Why? Because you have a perspective, right perspective, but also His presence here and now. If you are truly united with Christ, in Christ, here and now. So do not let situation alone be the determining factor for you and your response. Now let's move on to the expectation. It overlaps. But a right perspective should give you a right expectation. In this situation, only thing that could break Paul is the feeling of God's betrayal. He's not going to be broken over the lack of food, lack of comfort. He's, he's, he's better than that. But if he can overcome this God, after all this, you put me in this place, I feel betrayed right now. Then it's, it's over. But what kind of expectation does he have? 
he should have at least three expectations. Let's talk about it briefly. When he was converted on the Damascus, God speaks to Ananias about his future. This is his prophecy for him. Acts 9, 16. He says, God says to Ananias about Paul, so I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So when the suffering comes, when he's locked up, when he's in prison, it should not be surprising to him because it was a prophecy given to him through Ananias. Likewise, in some sense, don't we all share that, that promise? As gospel bearers, suffering shouldn't be a surprising event. So from his calling, he should expect that he will go through some kind of suffering. Another thing is this. Sinclair Ferguson talks about this, and I was very much surprised. It's not here, but do you remember the Great Commission? Great Commission says, Go therefore, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, but literally all the days. Not always, all the days. Even to the end of the age. The last phrase. If Paul knew this great commission, Probably he had heard about it from other believers. That he should expect what? Christ being with him all the days, even the days that I am spending in this prison cell. His presence. That's his expectation. Expectation to to experience Christ by faith next to him. The third one is this. In book of Acts, God rescued his apostles many times through miracles. At least three times. Acts 5, they laid hands on the apostles, put them in a jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison and taking them out, he said, go and speak. So in Acts 5, in a a relatively early stage of that early church, when the apostles were locked up, what God did was to release them through an angel, miracle. Another famous scene is what? Acts 12, when uh, uh, Peter, Peter was now locked up, and the church was praying for him fervently. Remember that scene? He was sleeping Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and guards in front of the door. What happens? Behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the sand, struck Peter's side and woke him up. Get up quickly. And he goes out. He goes through the gates and he did not know what was happening. Remember that scene. That's Acts 12. And Acts 16. In the... Philippian jail. He was once again, Paul himself was locked up in his own life. And suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. 
Immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. So at least three times in the book of Acts, you see what? God delivering his disciples by miracles. So, no more people will say, say this to God. God, you rescued Peter like that, and you're not doing that for me. I feel betrayed. Even you rescued me from that Philippian jail in that way, and now I'm sitting in probably in Roman jail. You're not doing anything for me. So here we learn a very important lesson about our expectation. That is, when you have expectations, it's good, but that expectation should be kept under the greater purpose of glory of God. That is, when do you get hard? When you expect something, but when you expect something to be greater than God, if that is all that you are seeking, when that does not happen, you are hard. So for us believers, instead of saying, you see, you rescued them like that, and compare yourself to them, and say, why can't you do that for me this time? You did it for Peter. You love Peter more than, I guess, me. That's not good. We should put our expectations right under the glory of God. For example, if you expect God to let you go into such and such college for our young people, if that is the only, college entrance is the only thing that is expecting, that you are expecting from God, and it is bigger than God, higher than God, that, but if that, if that does not happen, you will get hurt. So you got to put that under the glory of God. God, pray for that. God, give me this so that I could glorify you truly. That's how you preserve yourself by having right expectation. I guess the uh, AC is not working, right? I don't know what happened. But last one is the action. Right perspective, right expectation, and actions. Verse 13 says, My chains in Christ have become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. How can that be possible? Only by explaining, talking, evangelizing, preaching, sharing. That's the only way. He could be morally upright in the prison cell. He could be such a, a sacrificing person. He gives food to the next person or something. It impresses everyone. But they will never know why he's in chains unless he speaks. He opens up his mouth and, and tells everyone, I am in chains for Christ. That's the only way that these people will know something about his chains. Doesn't matter how many people are converted, came to Christ, that's not the point. point is that Paul, he saw his mission field as here and now. Now, if you're like Paul, what would you do? If, if, if you are the starting member in that basketball team, if your coach puts you in the, on, a, on the bench, you relax. You take a vacation. Paul could say, you know, I've been really busy the past for 20 years, and I'm going to take my vacation. 
This is my resetting, recharging time. And probably was necessary. But what I am impressed about is that his mission field was always here and now. That's his action, talking, deeds. But he's not thinking about what's going to happen in 10 years from now. Five months from now. Once I am released, this is my action plan. None of that is found here. Only thing that is found here is that everybody in the, guard, in, the, in the guarding situation, Praetorian guards, and everyone, we don't know what that everyone is meant, but everyone knows something about Christ, and something about chain, and something about the gospel, because he's talking, he's preaching, he's sharing. So, the progress of the gospel in your life must be measured here and now in the domain of your influence. Fact is, even if you are in a boxed position, if you are going through some kind of a box, oh, you, you are so tired that you are confined emotionally, or psychologically, even physically, and you are in such a situation that you cannot get out. Fact is that little box of yours will have some kind of people in it that you could somehow influence for the gospel. So, right perspective is what? In Christ perspective. No matter who you are, wherever you are, if you're a Christian. Expectation. He's praying for his release. You will see in the next few verses. But you got to keep that under the authority of God's glory. My release or not, it serves glory of God. So if he grants me the release of, from the chains, good. If not, I am here to do my missions. Third, actions. Talk about Christ in your domain of your influence. No matter the situation, no matter your job situation, no matter your confinement. Because that, God will hold you accountable. God is not concerned about 10 years from now how big a box you'll be in, how much influence you'll have. Question is, here and now, 2022, August, in this place, in my life, as a father, mother, single college student, in this church, in this place, in this capacity, what is my influence? That's the question. That's Paul. That's why it's working. Replace Paul with you, me. Will that work? Can you say, will you be able to say, whatever happened to me turned out to be a, a greater progress of the gospel of Christ. And what God wants us to do is to, for you to work on these matters so that you could say that as well. Wherever you are, whatever you are, let God be glorified and let God make you effective in your own missions. Let's pray.